Yes, the last two years were marked for all of us with the COVID pandemic. Uh, but it also, uh, I guess, it was a um, quick boost in technology advancements and the AI tools accompanied by easy 3D scanning, real-time rendering. Uh, they are bringing, you know, science fiction ideas like metaverse or matrix closer to reality than ever before. Uh, and I wanted to ask you to tell us about uh, the lockdowns on your side, how, how it impacted your professional life and maybe on the personal level, if you would like, if you don't mind sharing that as well. Um, yeah, for, I mean, in honesty, the lockdown was a for us caused a huge spike of work um, because a lot of the companies we work for are film production companies. And a lot of those jobs transitioned from film jobs with a tiny bit of visual effects to full CG jobs. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was a huge undertaking and quite stressful. Uh, plus we all scattered and started working remotely from our own kind of home setups and now I'm kind of set up in my kitchen slash living room and mm. I've just spent way too much time here <laughs> um so yeah I guess initially it, there was a there was a spike of work and because I think we were always quite uh nimble you know we would always work on jobs that had crazy first fast turnarounds we were already fairly prepared and the switch to remote work was kind of e was a, a lot easier than I was expecting. As in, we didn't. Well, we used to have um, like a server cabinet full of random machines and stuff, and we kind of got rid of those in the past. Uh, we used to have you be heavily dependent on a central server, but we started working remotely again before COVID and uh, lockdowns and pandemic hit. So we were already fairly sort of autonomous and. It was it was fairly smooth, um, and a lot of us didn't go. Well, I didn't go outside that much anyway, so <laughs> it was again an easy transition. Yeah, that was kind of a little bit like in our team. Like I've, I've talked to one of our one of my friends uh, in in our place, and uh, we we used to work remotely just before the pandemic. Like, so, and he is also like kind of a dude, more more inclined to be in house. Mm. And then outside, so said, well, nothing changed really. It's all the same. The work <laughs> yeah. is the same. Yeah, but I think it's quite quite a unique perspective. Yeah. Uh, so um, I wanted to ask about you said this about the spike of work, uh, and you are based in London, and I I've seen a video recently about uh, that that COVID like kind of coincided with. Uh, with the Brexit as well. And how do you view the impact of these two like extreme events on the UK's animation VFX business, which is one of the biggest like hubs in the world, right? So has things gotten rather harder or or better for that that industry in the UK? How do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure. Having not worked with, um, through formation, at least the, the company I run, having not worked with the larger post-production houses or anything like that, I'm, I, I don't feel like I can comment on, you know, the, the hit of COVID and Brexit. Um, 
but from my perspective a lot of the a lot of the clients we have are pretty much all in london so it didn't really cause any major bumps there's uh i mean i get some there's a like i have one client uh in the states and it became complicated suddenly getting payment um so there was some mm. sort of hiccups there and even through platforms like youtube and stuff i remember there was like a whole new system you had to go through to in order to monetize things um so i, I could imagine larger youtubers and stuff have have had issues and with that um but again from from my perspective at least it's it hasn't changed too much yeah so kind of optimistic for the digital world at least you know because yeah i mean it's it's a shame i mean because we're all becoming more connected and brexit feels like it's doing the opposite yeah that's 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 what the video was kind of discussing that it's really like interrupting some uh some processes uh, maybe like more more for the trade industry than than the digital services but yeah and i do think like a lot of the things i take for granted with freedom of movement and stuff whenever i you know nip over the channel or what have you i think like oh my god yeah i'm not going to be able to like use my phone anymore this is gonna gonna go back to the days of in incredibly expensive roaming charges and just mad stuff like mm. that yeah but i yeah but i guess you know that that uh, kind of, your answer kind of makes me more optimistic anyway because you know, people seem to view these uh, things like it will be kind of like the end of the world uh, so to speak it feels like it, it feels like the larger technology companies will push through no matter what you know like uh, governments can do their things and then the the huge corporations will go like oh we'll just do whatever we want <laughs> yeah possibly so uh i think that um, that question that i wanted to ask is it was kind of answered by you uh, saying that there's an impact of of uh, work but do you do you think that this will kind of stay for longer because you know we saw like great booms in in the pandemic era like zoom for example mm. is exploding really because people are, were all connecting via via web and using this for work for for other meetings or every every possible connection uh, and netflix i guess really boomed blossomed while uh, cinemas were closed right so do you th think that this increased demand for 3D artists' work will continue, or is, is here to stay, or, or will it uh, you know, gradually mm, become more leveled like before the pandemic when, when things get calmer? I, I, I think it's, uh, there are some definite pluses there for small studios and small businesses just because of the normalization of talking on things like Zoom and like video chats in general. It feels like someone starting a company doesn't necessarily have to have a, you know, a, a premises, a studio. There's no expectation of meeting in person. You know, you could mm. just easily just jump on a video call and that's fine. Um, so in that sense, I mean, it, we were at the point where we were renting our office and it was creeping up every year. You know, there would be it would be a little bit more expensive and then it got to the point where like what do we i mean we don't really need we don't really need an office this is uh this is yeah. a kind of luxury this i mean it was great you know like feeding into the dream of like having the mm -hmm. 
arcade cabinets in the corner and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not really required, and it feels like that removes a huge barrier to entry when it want, when it comes to sort of starting your own company. So yeah, would you say it, that? Oh, I'm sorry. Like would it you just say it that... just makes cry. You know, the real mm -hmm. estate uh, owners of of the office buildings cry. Probably, you know, it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Say say that you know, you know everything goes back to normal. We can all like hug our friends and family and whatever. Would you would you consider going back to the office, seeing that you've dipped your toes into like you know the dream of owning an office, or would you rather keep this I guess decentralized remote work setup for your, you and your company? I don't at the moment. I'm thinking the remote working is good. Um, I think there will probably be some point where just myself will go a bit stir crazy and we'll need to have a different because at the moment uh like the flat i'm in is tiny and the room i work in is the room i prepare food in and you know watch telly and and do everything in and i'm just in yeah. this one room all the time it feels like perhaps if i had a like a home office that was separate i would go a little bit less crazy but i do find myself having to go out at least once a day just to you know, not feel like I'm contained in a tiny little room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see if you, if you also maybe miss uh, the opportunity of, uh, you know, of meeting other uh, fellow 3D artists, like the conferences that were uh, cancelled because of the COVID. Like two, it's already two Blender conferences that were yeah. just the on an online thing and not. Yeah, that's Not true. I don't. I. I mean, again, I. I'm aware that having gone through a lot of sort of career development without a pandemic and without any kind of lockdowns in place, I already have like a, a continuous clients and people I know. But having to network over the last two years, Jesus, yeah, that must have been a hell of a time. Like I can't even. Yeah. I, when I, whenever I think about sort of graduates in coming out into the industry, I just think, oh my God, it must be absolutely horrific at the moment. Mm -hmm. So you're saying you're locked in the in your uh, small space, and yet you're you have your, all the virtual world under your fingertips with your computer, so to speak. So I wanted to ask whether you've seen the latest Unreal Five demo with Epic. The, the Matrix Resurrections one? I have, yes. Um, I haven't got a PlayStation or an Xbox myself, but I uh, actually went over to a, a friend's house um, and had a play with it. And it's very cool, very cool. Mm -hmm. And do you think that uh, like it shows that the full immersion in virtual, virtual reality is closed now? Or, and how long might it take? I don't know, but it does, it does make me feel like with the the rate of like development in this sort of area does make you feel like <laughs> yeah, when you were talking about questioning whether we're already in virtual reality it's becoming yeah. more and more a genuine question by the day because it's it feels and, like and the, and the thing that that comes to my mind is is it because it's kind of exciting but at the same time it's scary and which one of this should be the predominant feeling about this, you know, whether it, we should be rather, you know, worried about this or, or super excited about the possibilities. 
No. Maybe that's the question between you know the red and the blue peel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm excited. I'm excited uh just for using like the amount of creative tools that are there it seem to be uh, it, it's just a new way of experiencing stuff which um for things we were talking about like sculpting or uh, I've been using it recently for things like motion capture I'm just talking about things like the Oculus headset headset uh the Quest um and it seems amazing but then um yeah I suppose you have to look at the companies that are behind these products and and I was amazed that the Quest was so cheap for what it is for the technology inside of it it feels like that's insanely cheap um but then release i guess you are with everything with everything with any kind of service you use for free or not for free but you know very very cheaply you're giving up something else and that i guess i would worry about basically i'm strapping on something into my head that has like four cameras that constantly look around the room and mics that constantly pick up stuff and that is um yeah, I guess it could be exploited down the road. Right. But I guess, you know, we we kind of get, got used to a lot of things that were seeming like scary at the very beginning when they appeared, like the inventions of... You know, people got scared when, when cinema was invented, you know, seeing this, just the motion pictures coming to life, you know. These famous, you know, famous shots with train moving towards the camera and people just getting scared of... Of, of it to, to jump out of the screen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I mean, everyone has a, a phone in their pocket pretty much that can do the same kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna, I, I, nothing stops me sort of getting involved with that world. I suppose I don't really use VR hugely for social stuff. And I know it feels like it's going that way. Um, but I think I would, I would still use it. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, <clears throat> this kind of gives already a, a lot of a lot of possibility in connecting. You know, these uh, we've we've seen like the the adverts from from Discord or for from lately from from Metaverse, right? The, the Facebook new thing that's kind of suggesting that it will be like a total new level of social connect connection, kind of. I'm kind of hesit uh, hesitant to admit that it's so so exciting. Like uh, it's uh, up till now, even you know, it's it's really great to be able to connect via you know via Zoom call or whatever. But it still feels a little bit uh, something different than just like sitting in the same room and talking. Uh, well, perhaps this is a question of of yeah of fidelity, maybe of of, of technological technological advancement. But for now, I've. I really think that it's not yet there to replace it. It may be, it may be something different, like an enhancement, like being able to pick up the phone and call someone before that. And that's just another way of communicating, but it's really not yet re replacing uh, human interactions. And I think it really shouldn't at the end of the road, right? But why, why should we like go into that direction? Yeah, the, there is, uh, there is like so many intricate details when it comes to interacting in person that you can pick up on that again like you say maybe it is a tech just a techno technological limit at the moment but you just don't have in virtual reality i mean it's it's novel and i like um even when like playing things like beat saber and just sort of waving to people i'm like this is brilliant <laughs> this is great 
But then if I were to do that in public, people would think I would, was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I can imagine, in particularly in a professional setting, if you're having a conference call in virtual reality and you're sort of using simplified mm. avatars, there's it's a lot of small details you're just not going to pick up on. And yeah, yeah. Personally, though, like, do you, do you feel like you know since you've you've mentioned you've tried sculpting and stuff in VR? Do you feel like in the future it's something you would physically like the same way you'd buy a computer to work? You'd buy a VR headset to like, oh, it's just like my monitor. I can work in VR. Or is it? Do you feel like it's more like, oh, I guess it's fun to like switch it up every now and again? Like, what, what, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a sucker for novelty as well. You know, I'll just be like, oh yeah, I wonder if I can run blender on like a pc thumbstick or something like that and i could take that with me and then i could just plug it into people's tvs and i wouldn't need to you know use a laptop or what have you um so yeah the ultimate extension of that i think would be just taking a what would effectively be vr glasses you know the size of regular glasses and then Ah. just having massive 4k screens or, or whatever you want set up via virtual some kind of remoting in system to virtual desktop type stuff. And then just working wherever you want, just by slipping on some what only seem like sunglasses. That would be yeah. amazing. Yeah, I wish Google continued the, the, this Kickstarter they had before. Like they were making smart glasses, like the first one. And like this, it was really uh, okay. blocky. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if you ever saw that. It was really blocky. But then the idea was like, there'd be like a tiny screen inside the glasses itself. So you could technically see the world, like you'd have like a HUD. Like, oh, oh yeah, what were they yeah. called? google glasses google oh yeah google glass something like that yeah yeah i think the yeah i think the resolution like was poor beyond reason but um yeah there's this whole privacy thing like you know you'd record there's like a red dot on your glasses like oh yeah it's sketchy i think i would be like if someone came up to me and was wearing google glass or the new facebook Mm ray-bans or something like that Mm -hmm. i would be i would be a bit on edge you know let's sort of like (laughs) involuntarily having a camera just poked in your face that could be live streaming or whatever yeah yeah Yeah. 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 at least you'd you'd like to consent to that right like right now we're recording ourselves but we all kind of agreed to that situation but right now we're coming up to a place where you kind of involuntarily are spied over yeah (laughs) everywhere it is it's tricky because yeah. I, yeah, I, I suppose it maybe it's just sensitivities that people won't have in X number of years. It will just be like, oh I yeah, think I just that's, assumed that, that, that I'm being filmed it, at all times. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the thing that came up in an interview I've seen uh, with uh, Keanu Reeves on this Matrix thing that he said that someone asked like young 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 people like I don't know five year olds or or. Mm. 10 year olds I, I don't remember how young they were but uh, about uh, about these uh, you know these privacy issues or, or like uh, some kind of things and they were like even they asked why is it you know why is it, why is it even a concern so that like they didn't have that you know that kind of feeling that I think he asked if you're sitting on a table in in a in a room, and if it's if it's a real table, or if it's if it's virtual, and would you want to know, be sure that it's a real table? And the the kid said that 
well, but but why why would I want to know? Like, why is it important even? So they had like this kind of new mentality that it's not even you know an interesting an interesting thing if it's uh, if reality is real or not. And that's Oof. that's kind of like mind blowing. That is I don't know, scary. Just, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I thought that it was scary. Like it's, it comes down to some kind of philosophy, you know, if if what we are perceiving as reality is real or not, and it's like a it's it's a really like a like an old question. It's not it's not nothing new, right? But now technology is like kind of bringing uh, bringing the same question in a very practical way, right? Yeah, yeah, and there is a lot of, uh, I mean, going back to CG as well. I suppose there's it feels like there is more respect for real world things. Uh, I'm just thinking of the comparison of someone sculpting something like someone sculpting a figure in 3d using zbrush and someone mm -hmm. doing it in real life in clay that that yeah. person in clay is going to get way 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 more respect um and i'm not entirely sure why uh maybe it is because it's more understandable you know it's more accessible mm -hmm. and yeah. that exactly brings me to to the next question that i wanted to ask and this is about digital art in general and I'm sure that you, uh, as you, I've, I've seen you, you, you are using Twitter. So I'm pretty sure you, throughout this last year at least, you must have been bombarded by the topic of NFTs. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, what do you think about all the hype? And it scratches the yeah this thing about you know real artwork being more valuable valuable than digital, the digital one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I really want to like NFTs just because. I feel like the kind of work I like doing would be really good as an NFT project. Um, yeah. I'm obviously very aware of the the environmental issues around um, the proof of work system, isn't it? That the blockchain yeah, runs Ethereum. on at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a sort of a, a red flag and. And I see, yeah, like on Twitter and stuff, just sort of being bombarded by hashtags and whatnot. I see a lot of, um, I guess, community language being used as well that I don't fully understand. And so, yeah, I, I, yeah I guess I'm, I'm shying away from it because I don't understand it fully. And when mm -hmm. I, whenever I try and find neutral like articles written about it i can't find them you know it's either massively pro or massively against um yeah. so I, I guess my hope is that uh, maybe sometime next year when things move to um proof of stake or whatever uh, mm -hmm. and the dust settles maybe i could get involved with that kind of stuff because it does seem like a lot of fun um mm -hmm. and and a genuine way to support uh fairly original art that isn't based on anything but whatever you want to do um but then yeah maybe it'll all be over by then i don't know like uh yeah it, it's uh it's something i i should really learn more about i suppose yeah i guess it's tricky though because you know you know the whole thing where in art it's either your your goal or your pro nft or you're against nft mm. and then anybody who does nfts a lot of people are like oh cancel this person he's like a not good artist anymore he does nfts but then yeah. it's like, yeah, you did the reason, you, like, you know, the, pro the the term proof of work versus proof of, uh, what's that? The stake, I think. The proof of stake, stake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Proof of stake. And then, you know, like, 
one is clearly better than the other and then you do nfts in the future and you're like oh like it's it's pretty good but then people who don't know anything about it are like oh crypto bad nft bad yeah like, sure. how, how would how would you deal like, or how would you approach dealing with like i guess the the initial negative uh press about nfts since it's something that eventually all artists would want to go for anyway since you know like digital art digital art so easy to copy and paste and all that stuff versus you know, again the people who make real art or rather physical art they get to call the shots because like hey it's real versus this i guess some some drawing in the pc like oh how, how would you deal with the negativity of that aspect um i'm not sure like i feel like i deal with it at the moment by avoiding it <laughs> avoiding all <laughs> confrontation basically mm -hmm. um I've, I've had a few people reach out to me to, to work on NFT projects. Um, and I've, I've, I guess I felt uneasy about it. Um, but, but since then, a lot of the people I follow have jumped on to NFT and are, and are using what seem to be a lot greener platforms, uh, which don't require, um, Burning Ethereum and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, at the moment, I just don't have the knowledge to fight the corner pro NF or, or pro or con, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. I just hope that I'm, I, I'm just leaning on the population on mass to, to kind of decide, <laughs> which is a full-on cop out. I'm aware of. Like, yeah, yeah. I think, the, I think it's heading into <clears throat> some kind of solutions for these problems because you know it's like with all the new stuff that's coming and it's. It's quite revolutionary, and it's got like this level. This level of people not really understanding what NFT is, mm. like uh, uh, that, that you're paying for something that is not even kind of like. It's not easy to grasp. Grasp, you don't really even buy the artwork, but rather mm. kind of like a digital signature of it, uh, and uh, the proof that you really own the original or something like that. So it's kind of like more more of a original mark on the artwork. Uh, and uh, people like going crazy about this and then you get paid with cryptocurrency which is also like another hot topic and it's very yeah, yeah very I divisive mean, I guess I mean I suppose if I if one were to start producing some kind of NFT art there's a lot of doors they have to get through just to get to the point where they're selling something um, yeah exactly I suppose you have to you have to spend money as well don't you you have to um, like gas fees and stuff you, like that. You used yeah, to, I think you, you, yeah, you, you had to do that before, uh, and but right now there are some options on doing that. I think after the transaction or something like that. Like there are some some ways to to do it differently, but like most of the popular platforms, yeah, require some kind of upfront investment on the artist side. And you know, there there has been also you know these marketplaces that are emerging and they are kind of curating the, the market. So they like pick artists that can publish mm. on the platform. So it's kind of like a way of pre-filtering the mm. space because it was all like it, it's that's another problem of the of the whole new space that it's so wild west right now then that it's kind of like the old days when the file sharing uh, services were uh you know the problem of of uh, musical market right and there was like the whole fight against napster and uh, things like that and right now it's like uh, people doing nfts like stealing stealing other people's art and selling this as nfts it's like a huge problem that's that's uh, arising 
because of the yeah. hype for for the easy money, right? Yeah. yeah, I do think it feels like a lot of NFT projects have come from uh, passion projects where it's not necessary. I mean, it's still bad using other people's copyrighted material, but I'm just thinking of things like, where does the line get drawn? You know, if somebody's using somebody else's HDRI for, for lighting at the scene, and it's clear that you can see that in the reflection in their glasses or something, and then has sold that for, I don't know, $6 billion or whatever the hell. Um, You know, at what point does that original author of the HDRI sort of claim that they contributed, even to the to the tune of like a hundred thousand dollars or something you know yeah it's it feels like it's quite it's quite difficult and i know i know that there's um yeah i don't know it just feels like it feels like copyright it's a yeah it's a, it's a bit wild westy at the moment when it comes yeah. to nfts it's just really weird and there, there's an odd the completely other aspect of nfts is where you know you you spent like most of your life making art and you you spend so much time on like portfolio ready renders and all that which could feasibly become like really expensive NFTs, right? But how do you feel about those other NFTs, like like the monkeys, where it's just like a-, a thousand different variations of like this one thing, and then you see one of them being sold for like like yeah like a six billion dollars or something, versus like let's say your real art or real art, like people would say put more value into because you put more work into it, and it's not doing six billion dollars. Like like how how do you feel? What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, if the concept is something that is original, then I'd say it's comparative to real art. Like, there's a lot of equal amounts of effort put into real art that sells for, you know, unusually large amounts of money at auction. Um, and I guess it's a market that's just born out of people willing to pay for it, which I guess I'm I'm not against. So, um, yeah, I guess it becomes maybe it discredits it a little bit because it just feels more like you're um trading stocks or trading trading cards you know it's not yeah yeah it doesn't yeah, feel like it has the esteem of an art space whatever that is yeah mm-hmm. yeah but probably it will it will yeah cool down i think in a few years when it, you know you, you, see, you can see so many like legit legit uh, artists coming into that space and space and uh, doing like really great uh, CG art in that realm and it's kind of like co- accompanied by a lot of that hype thing i think it's yeah it just has to you know boil in that crazy cauldron and uh, yeah maybe but maybe things will settle after after the whole yeah. hype hype period but then I, I think part of me thinks that a lot of it is fueled with hype and maybe the settling period is you know i've had like i've talked to people in the past where i said like oh yeah i might get into nfts like in a year or so when everything quietens down it's like, well, it's like oh that's it You've, you're out then you know it's a Mm-hmm. It's not going to be that big anymore. It's just like but, okay. <laughs> but, but, well, then, then it's so it puts it like a bubble, right? So yeah, so some sure. people get yeah. quick, easy money, and the other ones are just going to pay for it after after the whole sure. market crashes, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, that's but let's hope, let's hope <laughs> let's hope that twenty twenty two won't be like the crash of the market for for all of us. And maybe that last uh, question I wanted to ask you, uh, whether you could share 
like any wishes or some things that you are waiting for in 2022 or maybe are planning for for it like if you can share any any secret you know plans reveal something or just yeah just maybe some resolutions or or plans or, or hopes for the next year uh i think uh hopes i suppose would be being able to um support uh, or being able to do like, turn passion projects into projects that could actually earn money would be amazing and i keep trying to push for this is why i'm sort of interested in passive income as well being able to like have an idea for uh, a, a film short or something that could eventually support me going forward so i wouldn't not that I don't enjoy it, but I wouldn't necessarily be at the mercy of whatever agency or production company. But that's that's a goal that I just yeah I have no I have no way to attain at the moment at least. And I suppose like NFTs do fill that void, like you, they allow artists to do that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just want to sort of get out of the pandemic unscathed as much as possible. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we I guess we all hope for the best in, in that regard. It seemed it seemed, you know, all of all of us were hoping for, for this year to be like more of a solution for that, you know, with the vaccines coming and it seems like it's here to stay for a bit longer. Yeah. Somehow. But maybe, maybe not for yeah, hopefully not forever, right? So I don't know, and yeah, I'm not sure. It does feel like it's sort of perpetually going on forever. <clears throat> Uh, this way we're gonna like say hi to our homies in VR. It's the only way to see them without <laughs> you know dying or something. It's weird. Yeah, it is, yeah. and I do miss it. I do miss like the the casual interactions. You know, when you uh, go out for coffee and stuff with friends, it's something I haven't done in the longest of time, other than the odd occasion. And mm-hmm. it's it's something that yeah. While while I was there, I kind of took it for granted, I suppose. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully we'll get back to that, having yeah. casual, in-person sort of conversations and stuff, and that being not akin to, you know, spreading massive amounts of germs and horribleness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but like like the Chinese proverb proverb says, uh, you better live in in uh, how it is curious times right or something like that so i guess we are living in a very particular particular times and uh, yeah hopefully hopefully it will be at least interesting so this curious mind of yours exploring different possibilities novelties that uh, as you said will yeah we'll just be able to tackle whatever comes right uh this future hopefully yeah (laughs) Yeah. we we wish you all the best and uh, in your in your 3d adventures and we hope we're hoping to see some of those where whether it's nfts or or any other passion project or, uh, or commercial work that's that's impressive i'm sure we'll we'll, we'll be following you and we, our audience can also follow you maybe you can say a few uh, words where can they find your work and uh, how to follow you online like i found you through through artstation and youtube i think but you have some other uh yeah places. i think um generally i will update on twitter quite a lot so any new things i'll put up on youtube or projects and stuff i'll chuck up on twitter 
at Louis Dumont. And yeah, then I think, I mean, I, I'd like to say I update my website frequently, but I don't. So maybe that's not the best way to go. <laughs> yeah. Why don't it just up, update automatically, right? So with all that AI stuff going around, maybe maybe in the future it will just you know update all of our portfolios and everything. Yeah, I just just thinking together. It just feels like nobody really goes to websites anymore. It feels like that's a a kind of historic thing to do is to go and check out my website because it's like nah, <laughs> why? Yeah. Check out my station. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just link, or just link tree or some other place. Oh yeah, I need Anyways, to set that up. Yeah, that'd be good. Maybe, maybe just listen to the to a podcast episode with with Luis and uh, just check the links that we will share, and you'll be able to find a lot of really, really inspiring and great 3D artwork done in mostly mostly in Blender, as you've heard. Uh, and I guess that's it. We're super, super grateful for you to join for joining us today and yeah hoping to maybe catch up in the future for some episode maybe on the nfts or whatever future <laughs> projects you're you'll be working on cool yeah, yeah well, thanks very much for inviting me to talk it's been great cool thank you so much great and bye cool. i guess this will this will be you know this is just a cut off point yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> and we can